Welcome to RPG Ramblings with Jeff Jones. This is a weekly show exploring the various details of the tabletop RPG hobby through discussions with interesting people. This week, Mark Finn joins me and I share my thoughts regarding how music is analogous to gaming. We also talk about the last stages of our Kickstarter and we briefly discuss the next version of D&D. At the end of the episode, I threw in some odds and ends that occurred before we started the podcast. Sisters and brothers, it's time to get rambling. Hello, Mark. Hello, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thank you for joining me. So absolutely. So anyway, um, you know, this is obviously we're we're <laughs> this will be dropping on Saturday, which is right after the end of our Kickstarter. So um, oh, I think we're both okay. a little. Uh, I'm a little loopy at this point, but um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so we. What's interesting is though we don't know how it's going to end, but the people listening to it. They know how it's going to end, so they're in the future and we're in the past. Oh, it's you just you've just hurt my head. <laughs> so anyway, I've got a monologue—not really a monologue, but I got something I've been thinking about. And there's there's two things that've been kind of triggered this, so it's going to be a long setup. Okay, you know, it's kind of I'm trying to think musically if there's a good term where it's just a long setup, and all of a sudden at the end, that's where the payoff is. Um. So anyway, I. I enjoy listening to different kinds of music. Um, and two things I've heard recently caused me to tie in music and role-playing games. Thinking about them. And which, which, that which caused me to think about that is, was reading about people in the, that I've read in the, on forums in the past who are GMs. Mm-hmm. And it seems like there are people who believe the GM is the one that creates a world. They set everything up and they run the world um, according to their rules. And the players kind of are the ones that come into that world. And they and they and then the GM's job is to is to not really do much flexing or bending as far as okay. that goes. Right. It's just kind of like we're running the Tomb of Horrors. This is what we're running. We're We're running. You know the uh, keep on the borderlands, whatever. And I think, um, and I think there's been a number of people. It seems like more in the OSR who can sometimes be more um, hold their nose up at games that are a little more flexible. Okay. Okay. So, and thinking about that, I've, I've been thinking about because I kind of used to be that way, um, but I think more and more. Um, that over time, I start to see it. I think games work better when there's a little bit more collaboration. I agree with that. And one of the things that I thought was interesting was uh, are you familiar with the song Africa by Toto? I am. Okay. Good Lord, yes. <laughs> so there's a, there's a crazy podcast called Punch Up the Jam. And uh, hey. they. Uh, <laughs> It's a common theme in my life. Uh, the, so they'll take a song and they'll go through it and then they will analyze it. They're funny. They're a little, they're a little blue in their, their approach to things. They're a little nuts. And then they'll usually do some sort of uh, uh, thing afterwards where they, they improve the song, so to speak. I see. So they, they did Africa. And so the, the group, Toto, they were originally, um, they were, um, 
uh, studio musicians. They weren't yes. before they were, were kind of a they were kind of a super group. Yeah. Yeah. So they were super musicians mm-hmm. who came together because you know they like kept seeing each other and they're like, well, why don't we just start a band? Right. So and you know, Africa is not on their first album. It's it's a little ways down there. It's like their fourth or fifth album. I can't remember which, but and and these people were listening, just listening, because they'll do it in segments. So they're just doing the opening segment. And I wish I yeah. had audio technology and a board, and I would be playing it. We could discuss this, but I don't. I got I got Zoom technology, and I'm sitting in a garage. I just don't have the capability. All right. But if you imagine the opening, the music, they, and and what's what's interesting about it is they were. Do you need me? Do you need me to sing it for you? Well, you can get to that point, then you can sing. I'll give okay. you the cue, and you start singing. <laughs> and they talk about the number of instruments. One guy's kind of complaining about the number of instruments. Another lady said she really loved the number of instruments, and they said it's like somebody came by and says, "Hey, I got wood blocks. Can I join you guys?" And they're like, "Sure." <laughs> and you listen, you can hear wood blocks in there amongst all the other things, right? Their claim is, and I don't know if it's true, but I feel this is true. I really do feel this is true. That 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 first portion, that very first yeah. portion, not in the finished version, but originally, they were just jamming. Okay. They were just jamming. Okay. Everybody just kind of doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And then the guy went on the synth and went, then finally went, do, 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 do. And everybody went like, yes. Right. And you, I mean, it's like, and then you start hearing somebody come up with a few odd lyrics that make no sense. That these, these lyrics, there is no, but there are portions of the lyrics that really speak to people and they're very, very, very strong. Yeah. And I started thinking that that can be kind of like if you were to do a sandbox adventure. Uh. Right? Okay. All right. You start as a champ. You don't know where this is going. Yeah. You kind of have some things set up, but you really don't know what the players are going to do. You're all kind of noodling around. You start throwing things out. And then all of a sudden, all the elements can pop. And you're like, oh, yeah, I know what we're doing now. Wow. That's what an amazing metaphor. (laughs) (laughs) What an amazing metaphor. Oh my God. (laughs) But, but I follow it. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. And if you say, what is Africa about? And they took the same guy who, uh, one of the guys that wrote it, he's got three different explanations. Yeah. One is like, you know, it's about a guy who's never been to Africa, thinking about Africa, who has no business writing about Africa, writing about Africa. And then you also right. have him saying it's about a missionary later on. Yeah. And yeah. But then there's also points where he talks about, uh, about not liking what he's become, which it seemed like he's talking about something else. For I right. know this thing that I've become like, what is, what yeah. is, but you know, I think even with sandbox and with our games, right. They don't always have to make sense. You can run a progression of games in a campaign, whatever that campaign means, they don't always have to make sense. Every aspect doesn't have to make sense, but it feels right. But 
the way you've described this to me now, in my head, the missionary has become a wear jaguar. <laughs> yes. And she's coming in with the cure. Uh, and if that doesn't work, uh, he's going to, it's, you know, he's going to do what he can to kill her and, and he'll go through a hundred men to do it. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, she's going to have to seek divine intervention from uh, the gods on Mount Olympus because that's right over there above the Serengeti. Yeah. I see it now. Yeah, exactly. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> My God, it's brilliant. It's funny because you can do it. It's like, where is he at? Is he in Africa? Or is he going to Africa? Is he singing about Africa? Is he sometimes singing about a girl and he's in America, but then he's going to Africa, but another part he's in Africa. But but you don't that, really care. Is, do we care? For, no. for what it's worth. And because I I, I I hear exactly what you're saying with the sandbox campaign. And I have a thought about that. But let me just say, Africa is one of those songs that's greater than the sum of its parts. If you break it down, it's gibberish. But what 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 makes the emotional core connect with people is when the chorus kicks in, right? And the and all of a sudden it goes dun 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 dun. Yeah. And then he jumps up into the the second guy goes into that higher register in that key, and and and, and you know and does his little thing at the beginning, you know. Uh, well, that's the- going to take a lot to drag me away <laughs> from you. There's nothing that a hundred men or more could ever do. People lose their minds over that because that's probably the the thing that most people can connect with. I've been that in love with somebody that, you know, exactly. That's, that's the part of that. We take, that's what we take away from Africa. It's not Kilimanjaro rising like Olympus above the Serengeti. Nobody knows what the hell that means and never did, you know, but, um, yeah. So well, they, what they were saying is there's a mountain that the Kilimanjaro just rises out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah, it, it is. But it's not a range. I, it's a mountain that just rises majestically. I just think it's weird that, that it's called Kilimanjaro and they reskinned it yeah. to be Greek. Well, the, that's my problem with it. Well, right the there. thing it's is, like, is a, and then they also mentioned there's a lot of syllables that he's saying really quick. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But oh, as a kid, I had no idea what the hell he was saying. But, I I I put my ear right next to the speaker. Nine year old Mark had no clue what was coming out of his mouth. Yeah. But the reason they, that that this works so well is is because the the group works so well. Totally. Yeah. And they were mentioning about how because these people sing at di- different octaves. There's a point where one sings. They harmonize at his point, making this noise and allows the guy with the higher voice to keep going. And so they do this weird baton handoff. Yeah. And then how like there's no, nobody in there is a prima donna. Right. They're all studio musicians. They're there for the good. So we're all here to create a story. We're all here to have fun. I see somebody who's not playing as much or not getting, I pull him in as a player. So he gets some right. spotlight. He gets his drum, his drum fill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he gets his yes. the wooden blocks guy. Come on. You know, get the wooden blocks going. <laughs> yes. I no, I that's a beautiful analogy. Yes. It's it's a it's a jam session. Uh and I honestly maybe it's because I've you know, I've run games for so long and uh 
run for so many different groups of people. I, even though I start out with written material and it, these, these days it's all stuff that I've written, you know, I know full well that it's not a question of if it's going to go off the rails, but when it's going to go off the rails. And I can never, I've stopped trying to predict what the players are going to do, but I almost always know that when the player, you know, when one of the guys says, you know what we could do, we could do this. And everybody goes, yeah, I start going, okay, how to make that happen? Because, because clearly you've got a, you've got a direction you want to go in and it, it, it breaks the harmony for me to try and do my own thing. Right. At that point, it's your game. And I'm, I'm helping you write your game. And then there's a point at which you're going to give it back to me and I'm going to go, okay. Right. And, and, and that's, that's exactly how you trade off solos in a, exactly. in a band. Yeah. That's, that's what a, what a lovely, what a lovely thought. Jeff. Oh, that's fantastic. You. Okay. So I got one more lovely thought. All right. So you just got to listen to a little bit of it. Uh, I, I threw the homework at you at the last minute. Yes. So there's this guy who's a street musician, busker, does other things, but he's mm-hmm. he's he's a, a phenomenal guitarist. Right. So, but of course, just playing guitar, nobody just wants to just well, I shouldn't say that, but you know, electric guitar by yourself doesn't work out so well. So he also has this little keyboard, this little setup, keyboard, drums. And he'll he'll start a track where he'll record and loop, record and loop, record and loop, right. and layer and layer and layer and layer and layer. And um and then there's this this person who um a stranger because it's nashville every every 10th person sings amazing i'm like i used to think like stage like no it's nashville you could point yeah 10 percent any chance any person has recorded something somewhere there and so this guy comes up and they sing uh, tennessee whiskey which i can watch Mm -hmm. that version i've watched it loop over and over again I've listened to it loop on my thing because I always pull up new things. So, so the thing is, is to me is it's kind of primacy in a game. Like what role does a GM have to to play in this? And so noticing that this guy who is, I mean, he's doing videos, he's a street musician. This guy Mm -hmm. comes up to, to sing this during the whole time this guy is playing. He's watching the guy singing. He doesn't know what this guy is going to do. Yeah. He's got everything set up. He is going completely off that guy. Occasionally the guy would turn it back to him. And afterwards, this guy says, I got chills. And I thought, you know, that is what I think the job is. The, the singer that came up is the players. Right. Yeah. We set up the song. We get the drum track going. We get everything going. But really, for the song to be great, we need to focus on the singer. Of course. And you need to pay attention to what they're doing. Yes. It's not the opposite where they got to be paying attention to us. I think the idea is for a great, the great games, the really great games is to just be conscious and paying attention to those small things that those players are doing. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think, uh, I, I think being, res- being responsive to the players is, is kind of job number one. Uh, 
Especially, especially if you don't, if your campaign has less than ironclad structure. I mean, if they're in the middle of something, you know, you've given them guardrails to bounce off of, whether it's a dungeon or a wilderness setting or, you know, whatever the mission is, you know, but uh, so much play happens in between those adventures. And that's where I get my best ideas, by which I mean, that's when players will hand me something sometimes not even realizing that they've done it, but, but you can't, you know, one of the worst things you can do as a dungeon master is sit there and wait for your chance to talk because there's, you you lose so much good stuff. uh, When, when you're, when you're tapping your finger going any minute now, I'm going to get to say this, this little paragraph, this little monologue that I wrote, I've just been dying. I've got the voice set in my head. Oh, are you guys finished? So the innkeeper says, you know, nobody cares. You know, honestly, it's what, what matters is, you know, what they're giving you. And, right. and, and I get, I, I've gotten some of my best ideas in the last year and a half from players handing me stuff. I think even sometimes it could just even be small things like, you know, if somebody wants a puppy, give them a puppy. I mean, it doesn't even have to be big things. Right. It's just like no. being aware of situations and you can see how people react to different. Like, for instance, you can also use it for evil, too. I mean, you can see like uh, how people react to different other characters or NPCs or types of NPCs. And you can you yeah. know, use it against them. You know, it's like. Oh, they love they love old, little old ladies. Okay, then you can put the little lady in danger, or or whatever it may That's be. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yes. The beloved uh, NPC uh, Taylor uh, is is going to be involved in a murder yeah. plot. This is just going to happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, I, and, I, and and they're the only ones that can save him. Never mind the constabulary. You know? Right. <laughs> he goes to them. Yeah. And so I yeah. think the idea is that you know once you start realizing what rewards your care or your players as far as emotionally those are always good things to throw in into the game i agree yeah you know if they love to hate certain types of people you put those types of people in there for the villains i mean you don't have to to go too far one of my best realizations playing with a group of of young men 18 to 21 uh was that their concept of age is very different from ours you know, uh, they don't see me as 50 because I still have action figures, but they still think I'm old, yeah. you know, <laughs> 40. Right. And so, uh, I threw a trio of hags at them. Uh, they'd taken over a small port town and we're, we're slowly eating everybody and being haggy, you know, like you do as hags. And, uh, uh, I started describing one of the hags, uh, to them. And I noticed all of them going, Oh man. Oh, and I thought, well, we're going to lean into this, aren't we? <laughs> we're just going to lean right into this. So they suddenly, the, the hags suddenly got a lot more um, obscene, uh, flashing the characters and, and the guy. And every time that happened, the guys would just lose it. Uh, they, I mean, they they got up shivering like, God, Mark, that was crazy. Oh, what were you doing, man? <laughs> It's the little things, you know, you just never know. You never know what's going to make for a good, for a good game session, but you have to, as a GM, I think you have to be open to it. Even if you're running the, the straight, even if you're running, keep on the borderlands, even if you run into tomb of horrors, 
you know, there's always opportunities to put your stuff in there or to take something that they give you and work that into the the part. The you know the book I'm working on, Polite Society, is um, the 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 thief. Yeah. Uh, gaming. Um, that's part of what's going in the campaign section, because when you write when you roll up these these scenarios, you don't always think that that you might have a vampire that's actually living amongst humans being a, a person and that's who they're stealing from. But, but when you roll it up, now you see that you do. And, and, and when they give you the solution, you get to, you get to take everything that they give you and then put that in your campaign. Now it, you know, it, it becomes backward. Oh yeah. Yeah. We've always had that. Yeah. You just thank you for that. It's sort of like in the, in Star Trek, whenever they would come up with a really cool way of using the transporters, and then never do it again. <laughs> no, yeah. no, you do that every time now. And so, yeah, so that's, you use every part of the Buffalo is I think what I'm going to call it, you know, that you got to use everything because, uh, because that's how you build the world with those cool little details. That's what, that's what players remember, you know, oh, more than anything. Else. Right. Right. And I think, and like you said, I think it can be harder with, the longer campaigns because they, they do seem to be uh, more set and have to have a pre-described prescribed path. But, but you're right. There's a lot of, there's a lot of nuances and things you can, you can easily do. Totally. Totally. And now I have to go listen to Africa. Yeah. It's uh it's, it's, uh, it's quite amazing. Uh, <laughs> the, the other thing is I, I, when it, when I think when we, first heard it it went to like gold Mm -hmm. when this podcast was out it hit quadruple platinum good lord it was more popular it's more popular now than it was then wow and in fact there was years ago our kids were in choir uh it's it's not a school choir but another choir and they did africa at the end (laughs) but but so that's another thing i enjoy watching and so when they were when they were, I guess when they're practicing, it just wasn't coming out, but something on stage happened while they were singing Africa. I don't know. You ever seen performances where something lights up? Yeah. Something clicks. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. And it's, and it, yeah. and it happened. It was absolutely amazing. Yeah. It, it, I don't know what, it, yeah, that song is one of the, it's, it's, it defies explanation, you know? And if you tell people, if you say to if you ever say to somebody, "Oh, my favorite band in the whole world is Toto," you'll get pushed into a locker. I don't <laughs> care if you're an adult or not. You'll get they'll 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 take your lunch money. But then you should. But then you play Africa, and then everybody's kind of like doing this, you know. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a mystery of the ages, man. Uh, but I'm serious about the wear jaguar. Yes, I think I, or or the or or he's a he's he's been turned into a a, a wear lion, uh, uh, or maybe just a werewolf. I think he's a wear jackal. That's it. The wild dogs crowd in the night <laughs> as they grow restless, longing for some solitary company. I know that I must do it as right as sure as. <laughs> so what, what's stuff. the deal with the the stops the old man? That was one they were having problems with. He stops an old man for words of ancient wisdom or melody oh yeah yeah uh i stopped an old man along the way hoping to find some old forgotten words or ancient melodies so like, what, what is he, he doing to me to stopping an old man as if to say <laughs> hurry boy it's waiting there for you he doesn't actually say it he just turns right. to him <laughs> and kind of gives him a look 
And the guy knows what that look means. Yeah. But he went to just stopped an old man along the way, just stopped a guy and was looking for some of this, you know, wisdom or, you know, uh, it's, so it's like, like, why would you just stop old men? But I, yeah, I, I'm telling you, uh, that's the guy that turned him into the, uh, into the wear jackal. There you it's go. gotta be, there you go. It's no longer the witch doctor from Solomon Kane. Oh, and he's like, oh. and that's, there it is. There it is. Uh, Oh, <laughs> mystery solved. Mystery solved. Nalonga no, no never dies. He's 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 been here. So has he ever been? And so has he ever shall be. And uh, so I've, this I've is, played uh, the Solomon McCain role playing game, but I've never read a book, and I was afraid to watch the movie. You can you can watch the movie. Uh, what's here's what's nice about watching the movies you can watch the movie and then go read the stories and have two different experiences <laughs> yay the um the, the the story is the origin that you never get in the books because you don't need them you know he shows up fully formed like indiana jones like the man with no name like wolverine right. in incredible hulk 181 you don't need to know anything about that guy you you know you literally everything you know is in is in red shadows, but they thought that movie audiences wouldn't accept a character that just shows up and starts killing people because they need killing. And I I hate to tell them they're wrong. Yeah, we, they, we learned that back in the seventies, right? Charles yeah. Bronson, Clint Eastwood, <laughs> Rambo. Yeah, it's all there, you know. And in this in this case, uh, yeah, I think the stories are great. They're they're certainly ever one. It's almost everybody's like top three, you know. Whether Conan's in the list or not, Solomon Kane's always in the top three. Um, and I think that Solomon Kane, even though he wrote Shadow Kingdom first, is the progenitor uh, story for Sword and Sorcery. Um, I think. I, so if you really want to go back to the roots of sword and sorcery you can start with solomon kane uh red shadows and that's the one you know um it's got a little bit of everything in it including some uh some some misunderstandings about africa because robert e howard was a white guy in texas but I, i'm prepared to let that slide that's not that shouldn't be your takeaway the takeaway should be man he killed a lot of pirates for for sacking this town and and raping all the women He's the instrument of vengeance. He's not uh he's not here to solve the commentary on you know race relations in Africa circa nineteen circa sixteen hundred, which is when that the 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 stories are set. Right. But I love Solomon. He's a fun character and you know who doesn't like monster hunters, right? I mean, you know, it's been argued, and I think there's a case for it that the Van Helsing movie starring Hugh Jackman uh borrowed an awful lot from Solomon Kane, right down to the costume. Ah. Uh, the look of, of Hugh Jackman is, is really similar to um, Gary Gianni's Solomon Kane portraits that he uh, drew for the, for the wandering star edition, which is now in the Delray books. If you don't know those, the Delray books are fantastic. Fantastical. So, yes, we're little, absolutely. Red and little flavor to to the podcast well the 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 pirates are french in solomon <laughs> kane so i see no reason to go ahead and, and break out your bad uh european latin based language uh dialects i just you know 
Uh, it's, 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 I'm willing to bet there was at least one Spaniard sailing with Le Loop at the beginning of that story, you know? <laughs> Almost positive. I haven't checked my pirate uh, roster in a while, but yeah, it's got to be. So have you, have, you, uh, have you ever played any of the Solomon Cain? Uh, I think it's a... I've not. I, I haven't. Uh, I've, only, uh, I've only played the Modifius Conan uh, 2D20. Uh, that system is interesting. Uh, and I've of course played, I've played Conan from TSR and yeah, the the, uh, the Conan 2d20, I, I, we, we tried running a little bit of combat and it just, it just, just didn't work for us. It, it, I understand it's, it's not for everybody. Uh, I think that for certain kinds of games, I think it would work really well. Well, I think the problem Um, is, this is my friend, uh, well, Ralph, uh, Maza, he's, he, he thinks the problem is that there are game designers who are very, very smart game designers, but they don't have that. Somebody needs to go and edit them because they're really, yeah. they really messed up. And Jay little, that was, I think his like second run of that 2d 20. And yeah. it's just a mess. It's just a mess. I think they've, they've streamlined and cleaned it up. And I think it's a much probably better system now. Yeah. But it was just like, this is, this is just a mess. <laughs> Well, it's it, it it had a lot of the same integer problems that three point five had. Uh, you know, there's a plus one from here and a plus yeah. two from there and yeah. a plus one from here and a minus one from here and a plus. You know, and, and you add it all up and it's a seven. That was a lot of work to get to seven. <laughs> you know, and so um, yeah, I, uh, I I I would play the the new system. Uh, I, I did it when I was writing Conan the Thief, and uh, I enjoyed it. But it, it, there's definitely a learning curve for it. And but if it's if that's your first game, it's probably fine. I mean, you know, there were a lot of people that started with D and D three point five, and and learned it no problem. Ralph's, Ralph's but, thought is just take John Carter rules and ooh. just put it into the Conan. Yes, the I, I he's right though about game designers. Um, there's a lot of game designers who feel that they need to show their work. And it was worse back in the day. You know, there was a guy uh, at Fantasy Games Unlimited named Bob Charette. Uh, he wrote Daredevils, uh, which is a fun game. It's such a weird, quirky system. Those are wild, uh, heady I, days. You're, you're pulling back to FGU. <laughs> that's, yeah. <laughs> Everything came in a box. They gave us dice. Yeah. We didn't have dice. They had to give them to us. <laughs> but uh, Charette had these really every every part of the character sheet was a different system, and he had a whole list of firearms that were historically researched that had a, 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 like a slew of numbers across. Uh, you know, it was like an Excel spreadsheet with like twelve columns, and one of the columns was labeled B D G. That stood for bullet damage group you had to look on that chart and then go to the other table to tell you what the bullet damage was and and that like that was okay i you know i suppose i don't know why he couldn't just put the damage there because i don't need the bullet damage group but wait jeff let's say you have a firearm that's historical that you want to use in in daredevils but oh no it's not on the list back in the appendix here's how I generated the bullet damage group. And it is 
calculus for the love of God. I mean, it was ever you take the right. the range for this and the grains of the this and take and and you add this and divide by this and you put this into this and the number that you get is the d10 and if there's a remainder it's a plus. Right, this is to play Indiana Jones style games. Yes, this is to play a game we where, where cultists are shooting at the guy with the idol in his hand. It just I, I you know, I mean that, that it was at that point that I looked at this and went, I can't play this game. I love this game. I can't play it. It's it, it was an academic exercise. But I think the problem so, is they tried to model physics, where really I think a lot of the modern game design tries to model the literature. Story. Yeah, yeah. Uh that's exactly right. And and of course FGU had a lot of uh war game stuff. Yeah, a lot of that stuff was war game based. They all their rule books, I'm pointing backwards over my shoulder like everybody can see me doing that in the podcast a lot of the rule books have that uh that um that notation right uh uh section 1.1 section 1.12 section 1.3 and and this is how they they break the rules down on the uh i guess it was a, a scientific uh uh scientific outline i forget exactly what the specific outline is, but it, I, the only place I've ever seen it is in FGU games because, yeah, you know, I think that was, they're all war game guys. Yeah. I think that tends to be, I think military and I, I don't know if maybe like academic, um, like for instance, I work at Caterpillar and we have what's called um, um, our specifications. They're all written that way. So it's, it's, it's okay. a technical. Yeah. Yeah. Like an engineering thing. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's very, Crazy. it's very useful. Um, but, sure. but the problem is, is that it's not very, I mean, yeah, you're, you're bringing engineering into, <laughs> it lets you very quickly find what you need to find. No <laughs> doubt about it. You know? But, um, yeah. And I think, you know, we early, I mean, I think myself, I mean, the, the curve was when we started playing was we started with games that were simpler, you know, the, right. I, I, I always get my, my D and D versions, whatever the blue box was, I started with, Yes, you know, to, you know, the high point being moral project, which is just absurdly, it just, <laughs> it's just absurd. And yeah, but then there's a point where we're like, we think, I think when we're younger, it's like, we want to be more mature. We want to have, we got time. We're going to show off our math skills and, and we got That's we're right. playing for eight hours. So why not just spend our time just looking at these charts to now yes. we're older men. It's just like, no, this is just redonkulous. That's right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of cut to the door. I can yeah, feel myself just, dying as I'm playing this game. We got to stop. <laughs> That's right. I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Literally I'm dying at the table as we speak. <laughs> Oh boy. And do I want to be spending it doing this? No. And I think that's yeah. where I, that's where I think, I, I think we're in a, in a very wonderful age of gaming where things just are, are going all over the place and kind of merging and splitting off and merging in, in weird and interesting ways. And I think, you know, I agree. I think it's a, it's a, it's uh it's a Renaissance that started basically with, you know, as much as people don't want to admit it, uh, fifth edition in 2014 and hasn't stopped. I think, I think it continues to evolve and be innovative. And um, yeah, you know, the, the fact that we're, the fact that we're uh, doing zines uh, and, and, right. and telling them to people that we've never met in our towns and, you know, and don't play with, but then that they can reach out to us from overseas even. 
I mean, that's man, none of that was here when when I started. So the so kids coming up into this right now, it's an embarrassment of riches. Well, you know? 20 years ago, uh, gaming was going to be dead. Uh, knew that uh, right. Whatever that that uh, Warcraft or whatever, not Warcraft. Is it Warcraft? Yeah, World of Warcraft yeah. was gonna. Yeah, EverQuest. All yeah, that. It, was, so, yeah. It, gonna, it destroyed gaming, and and I think we've actually seen that. You know what? Kids growing up with those decided. You know what? They want to also play other games too. Imagine that. I, it's what's funny. Yeah, I agree. Role playing games are are the vinyl of of gaming. You know uh everybody's got cds but there's those guys vinyl's better you know vinyl's what you want it's got the fidelity it's got the fidelity (laughs) that's right it's 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 something tangible man uh i think that's well that's true you're 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 at a table where you're actually interacting with people and that's uh, Mm -hmm. like sorely nuded in times like these absolutely and uh so it's 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 been quite amazing so i think uh that's been good. That's been good. And who knows where it's all going to end. But yes, I, I do agree that fifth edition is not my, I really don't enjoy it that much, but I am so thankful mm-hmm. it exists because yeah. it's opened the floodgates and brought all sorts of people in. Exactly. And there's a new announcement. I guess now we're, you know, they're, they're doing it a new version, so to speak. Yeah. I think I hope. I hope they're I hope five point five is really nothing more than we're gonna reorganize the rules and change up the pronouns so that everybody feels inclusive. Uh, but I don't want a new system. I think what they'll probably do is reworking some of the characters. I don't think anybody's been happy with the Rangers. I think there's probably No, there's yeah, there's ten thousand Ranger variants because everybody's like, no, this one is the Ranger that fixes it. <laughs> <sighs> ridiculous yeah the um, uh, and, and so so D is not my jam normally i do run it occasionally uh 5e is definitely why well, i normally don't run at all but uh yeah. there's uh and ian world's got coming up with level up have you heard of that i have i've seen the ad for it yeah and i they had some like documents that you could you could download and look and i just thought <sighs> it is so well organized and thought out as far as running combat, it explains things in a very like I don't understand why why Wizards of the Coast wasn't that clear in how they presented information. I mean, it's just it was just it's phenomenal. Yeah, I well, I don't know. I, I I'll have to look at it and see. Um, I always got the impression that you know I don't know that they thought Fifth Edition was going to take off as like it did no because i th- I think i think it exceeded their expectations well, i think wildly. because of the the crazy um uh, i can't think of it it's getting late and the, the people it's the people who do the i don't I'm not watch it critical role i think that's what they didn't expect yes. i think that's where the, the 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 two critical role hit critical mass and once it hit mm-hmm. critical mass it just it just like all this energy started shooting forth and yeah and, and that's what just created this large and all these people doing you know you know and what i find also odd is the number of people that lament that critical roles like giving people the wrong ideas about role playing and it's like just stop 
Yeah, it's just stop complaining. The wrong, the wrong idea about role playing. Well, they put your voice actor like, well, all these people watching this when they go to play games, it's like you're, you're underestimating people. But <laughs> way underestimating, and, and also, um, you know, I don't, I don't think, uh, I think a lot of people come out of, have come out of their shells from playing D and D and and having the confidence to perform right in front of their three friends or even, you know, even more than that. I just know, I just know I've too many stories and I know too many people who've benefited from social interaction, problem solving, language skills, you know, all of that stuff that they talk about to, to think that critical role is the thing that's going to tank all of that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. It's just, it's just funny the amount of, of, of worrying and nail biting that, that old gamers do over things that are like, I don't, I don't understand. And, and they of all people ought to, ought to be appreciative of the fact that, you know, you, you don't like the, this about the game, change it. Yeah. But they, but they can't do Yeah, they can. You did. Well, you right. The thing is they're worried about where, where they're going with D and D and this and that, and this and that. But I'm thinking if you look at the, the OSE or the OSE, but the, the OSR it has never been more vibrant. There has never right. been more material out for old school essentials, swords and wizardry, castles and crusades. Doing I mean, well. Yeah. Huh? Doing very well. Yeah. Doing so yeah. well. Uh, Mortborg, um, which I consider to be OSR adjacent, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, and had how people are coming back to that and, and, and really getting a lot out of it. So this notion that the, that the kids today can't change fifth edition to make it what they want is ridiculous. And also honestly, kids, Change it. Make it what you want. We did. Right. Just, every every month that Dragon Magazine came out, we all grabbed it at the same time and started looking for some way to bend the game to make it cooler. Oh, yeah. Always. You know? So, yeah. I, I and, and tacit permission. Everybody, you know, in fact, they even spell it out. I think they're worried uh, that the rules are changing and the additions are changing to the point where – but but they got off the they got off the D and D bandwagon a long time ago. They're still I mean, so I'm not sure why the hand ringing about an edition they'll never play when it doesn't right. affect yeah, the things that they do play. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh and if and if you if you uh unsubscribe from gaming Twitter, <laughs> you suddenly you suddenly never hear about it. It just goes away. Well, I'll tell you, Twitter I really do enjoy. It's taken me a while of a lot of calling in it's taken me a lot of calling and it's taken me a lot of picking the right people. And it's actually not, it's actually pretty good. As long as we're not hitting an election year, uh, things are really pretty good. I, uh, I don't know that I'll ever be able to fully embrace it. I really don't. Uh, uh, but being a writer, I need more than 288 freaking characters. Yeah. Well, I am. Yeah. It's, it's, for certain people, it's fantastic. I, For comedians, it's wonderful. Well, I'll tell you, it's it's, uh, and I can understand your your feelings towards that. But it's if you call things properly and you're looking for those certain types of things, it's actually works yeah. out good. But I wouldn't. Okay. But it's like Facebook's great for some things, but not for others. You know, right. It's Discord is. I have a hard time with Discord, so. 
I thought I honestly thought when AOL died, we were through with chat rooms, which is what Discord <laughs> is to me. It's a giant AOL chat. So room. what I've done is I've been running a. a are you familiar with Coriolis? Yes. So I'm running a Coriolis game, but what's nice about the Discord, we use it for the audio, is you can also organize information on there. Oh. So you can have like instead of thinking chat rooms, just thinking one one. Um, one channel or one folder having different channels, which would be could be your different um, sessions. Another one could be um, just different information you want to give to your players. Another you could you can start organizing it that way. It's actually pretty helpful. Yeah. In fact, I I started an axe game that I, that I end up turning over to somebody else, and and they also do the the play by post role playing through there. And then they'll okay. Then, and then oh wow! The GM will, no kidding. Yeah. Then the and what I the way I had it set up is you logically everybody had like several characters and they could split the parties however they wanted and they could go anywhere they wanted based on the groups and then you could just have different channels set up for okay this these people are going to you know mount whatever and these people are going to go oh, on wow. a raiding party. And then, and then what you do is collect all that into OneNote every once in a while, just to keep it all tied together, yeah. and just delete out stuff as you don't need it. And you can you can do a pretty decent play by post with it. It's kind of cool. Yeah. All right. I just couldn't. I just the problem I have with Discord is it it it, it buys for your attention all the time. Like if I want to play a game, oh. we got like yeah. a set amount of time allotted. But here it's like. Some people are awake and they'll be pinging all the time at a certain time of day. And I find myself where it's like, I'll respond that I'm waiting for them to respond. And I can't do anything while I'm waiting for them to respond. No, I know. Yeah. And it's just like, I, it's, it's, it, oh. So I just said, I, I just, it's, it's too much, but it's still going it, strong. But, um, but some other guy took over and it's been doing an absolutely bang up job. I have a server set up that I have not Don't activated yet. So uh i'll when i when the north texas apocalypse bunker comes online and i'm starting to do promotion for polite society and the other stuff i'll i'll do it then well, but what i would look at the random worlds uh, tabletop ttrpg um yeah so as you see it's if you look at that it's really nice for people to come in and chat right the problem is do you have time to devote to that right and and the thing is is if I keep a schedule, hey, Wednesday nights from seven to nine, I'll be here, you know. And then the rest of the time, if anybody wants to chat in the channel, they can. Right. But the thing is, uh, that, but, but then if you don't get it started, it's probably going to be around, maybe around you. It's not going to get enough mass. Right. And then if you look at Dan uh, Davenport, I mean, he's, I think he's on quite a bit. So that's the success is based on him. Uh, but yeah. it's just like, but you know he's you know welcoming like coming chat. It's just like, you know, I got I got I can't be I can't chat and write. I can't chat and do layout. I can't chat and go hike with my family. I mean, I just I can't devote that time. Yeah. If you got a couple hours a day, you just want to chat. I mean, it, those things were great. But mm -hmm. if not, it's just it's yeah. It would it'll it'll have to be something regular, uh, or it won't be worth doing. But I, I feel like I need to have that at least, if not before 
the Kickstarter for Polite Society launches, then so just remember during the so Kickstarter, your Discord will be it's for building a community, right? Right. So I need to do. I really should do it beforehand. Yes. Yeah. Oh, not enough hours in the day, Jeff. <laughs> not enough hours in the day. You just need some employees. Lord. Yeah. All right. Time, well, I think we hit the time. Did space we cover continuum. everything? Yeah, I think we hit the time space. Did, did we hit it all? Yeah, I don't think there's anything we missed. I think good, we we deal. we we kicked we kicked the can around as far as we can. Uh, and for those of you listening, uh, after the Kickstarter, uh, has closed, uh, um, either thanks so much, or you suck. I don't know which it's going to be, but just figure out which one applies to you post uh, campaign and, uh, and, and, and factor that in. Thanks. Yes. Uh, thank you everybody. It's <laughs> much appreciated the support. Jeff, always a pleasure, man. Until next time, Mark. Yes. I can compartmentalize it and put it into two days next year that I don't, you know, that I'm not in a good mood. And then the rest of the time I can work around that. God bless compartmentalization. Everybody talks about how <laughs> it just sucks that, that men are so closed off. I'm like, are you kidding me? I, we have to be. Yeah. How the hell else do you get anything done? <laughs> no, it's just like, yeah, I just was just like, man, I, some of these younger kids, it just you know, seemed like, wow, but. So it's like, well, maybe I'd be better off, but I don't know. Uh, I think when you hear someone else's struggle, especially when written as a story or written, you know, in such a way that you can process it like a story, it, it a it's one level removed from whatever you might be going through, right? You've got that automatic buffer built in. And then on top of it, Here's a guy having a problem and here's how he's dealing with it. And, you know, you may, it, it, I, catharsis is a good word. Yeah, I think it is. It makes you feel better kind of about what you've got going on. You feel like, oh shit, I'm not as bad off as him. Or if you are, you go, well, he's handling it. I think it, there's also, I think in anybody's suffering, maybe suffering's not the right word, but we'll just say suffering, but anybody's suffering, I think we can always relate. I think yeah. there's that there's that empathetic. Maybe it just makes feel like we're not alone. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a it's about connecting. Yeah, it, it is. I I think a lot of people have connected with what I've been going through, and so that's why they're. Oh, everybody's dealt with death. Not everybody's dealt with the death of a spouse, and nobody's not yeah. everybody's gone through that. But but man, and the older we get, that is a very very real terrible thing we all deal with yeah i don't know i'm just i just doing all these podcasts and more podcasts and then doing layout and then doing writing and then the kickstarter and and i think i'm fine and i just find myself very fresh it's, <laughs> it's like come on please just go up another 13 dollars <laughs> It is, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it, it. It's wearing wearing creative hats is. I mean, it's a lot of fun, but it's also, yeah, it's it's a lot of work. It's more, you know, it's not just, you know, I sit around and and look at artwork and then chicks come to my door. That's not how. That's not the. There is no rock and roll lifestyle here. <laughs> you know, it's not that. It never has been. Uh, and writing is the worst. You know, at least when you draw, 
At least when you do art, someone can look over your shoulder and go, man, that's good. Holy shit. Would you do me a picture? I mean, you know, that was, at least people can see what you're doing. You could, you know, you could put a camera overhead and, and do the fill in the blank time lapse things. And I, and I'm just, every time I see a new version of somebody, Hey, here's how I draw you know, show up on YouTube or whatever. I go, son of a bitch. Here's how I type. <laughs> oh, click, 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 click. You know, that's how, that's, that's how writers write. It's, it's bullshit. That's why we're so interesting yeah. when we're not writing because we're saving it up, <laughs> you know? All spent up weirdness. Right. The uh, effect, because I was complaining to Tim Shorts but just how long it just takes me to write. I said, I spent all this time writing it. Then I end up, you know, rewriting and editing and rewriting. He goes, I said, I just need to get more efficient. I can't remember how to put it, but he's like, Jeff, that's writing. What you're doing there, that's writing. Yeah. It's not just, <laughs> I just think it's Welcome. just, <laughs> it's done. Yes. Yeah. 3,000 words. I'm, I'm sorry. Nobody words. gave you the, 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 well, the, uh, the, uh, pack that explains all of this. You apparently just walked yeah. into the back door, but yeah, that's that's it right there, man. I'm telling you, Mark. I I just I just I just jump into things without really even understanding what I'm doing. I don't know. I just run head first. <laughs> like, why is this so hard? <laughs> Damn it! I just want to do experimental brain surgery. Why am I running into all these problems? Yeah, exactly. Oh, so anyway, yeah. All right. Well, I'm ready. Are you ready for our 10 minutes of, I don't know what we're going to talk about. I'm ready when you are. Okay. Cause you know what? I, when it comes to just having to make up something up when I really don't know what to talk about. I think you're the man. <laughs> I think we've proven ourselves. All right. <laughs> I'll take it. So I think what I need to do is it sounds like you're the chocolate. I need to go find the powered by the apocalypse peanut butter person. <laughs> all right and then we can, we can make some magic there you go there you go two great tastes that taste great together so, but yeah I, someone else would have to do the pb uh ptba stuff because i it's 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 fell sorcery to me and i'll i'll have none of it 